0: Welcome to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon has a passion for Scripture that will motivate and challenge you to immerse yourself in God's Word and apply His message to your everyday life. Visit SeekingTruth.net to learn more about bringing Seeking Truth to your parish or to become an online learner. Today, it's part one of the book of Genesis, chapters five through seven. And now, Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Hi everybody, welcome to our discussion tonight of Genesis chapter five, six, and seven. Uh, A little review, okay? God formed us in a corporeal body from dust, from matter. When you have a corporeal body, that is your physical body. When did man's corporeal body become fully alive? When the Lord God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, man became a living being. So the breath of God is not corporeal. The breath of God is divine. And the breath of God is not corporeal. It is divine and it is eternal. It can never, ever be put out. It makes up man's eternal soul. So God formed man's physical corporeal body to be immortal. It was never, ever, ever, ever ever supposed to die. Then God breathed a soul, a spiritual body into man that would always be eternal because it's God's own breath and it is impossible. It can never, ever die. There is no death in God ever. So the God breathed soul is eternal. The physical body fashioned from matter, dust was supposed to be immortal, never to die. And the unity of the two, The unity of the soul and the body is so profound that one has to consider the soul to be the form of the body. They can't be separated. The unity is so profound between the two. It says in Catechism 365 that the unity of the soul and body is so profound that one has to consider the soul to be the form of the body. It's because of its spiritual soul that the body made of matter becomes a living human body. Spirit and matter in man are not two natures, united, but rather their union forms a single nature. That's really important. There's so much theology in these first chapters of Genesis. So those two things, they are not two natures united, but rather a single form, a single nature. The church teaches that every spiritual soul is created immediately by God. It is not produced by the parents, the soul, the, the eternal part, and also that it is immortal. It does not perish. And when it separates from the body at death, it will be reunited with the body at the final resurrection. The church, interpreting the symbolism of the biblical language in an authentic way in the light of the New Testament and tradition, teaches that our first parents, Adam and Eve, were constituted in an original state of holiness and justice. The grace of original holiness was to share in the divine life and the mastery over the world that God offered man from the beginning was realized above all with man himself mastery of self Adam had that the first man Adam was unimpaired in order in his whole being because he was free from the triple concupiscence that's in John 1 John 2 that subjugates him to the pleasures of the senses covetousness for earthly goods and self-assertion contrary to the dictates of reason Adam had mastery of self, full mastery. In Catechism 376, by the radiance of this grace, all dimensions of man's life were confirmed. As long as he remained in the divine intimacy, in that divine union with God, man would not have to suffer or die. The inner harmony of the human person, the harmony between man and woman, and finally the harmony between the first couple and all creation comprised the original state called original justice so we need to know what we were before so we know what we lost God always gives a sign the sign of original holiness that God gave man is he placed man in a garden where the true presence of God dwelt now Adam was the only one there when God said to Adam for the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the day you eat of that tree you shall die when you eat of it you shall die it's a plural form in the hebrew it literally means dying you shall die there's two kinds of death double death i told you to please remember these the death of the soul and the death of the body a type of spiritual death and physical death god says you shall die die double die double death physical death The woman said to the serpent, well, God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. The serpent says, oh, you will not die. Singular, die. And so when he takes a bite of the apple, it looks like nothing happened, right? Eve opted for experiential knowledge. She will determine on her own. She will acquire it herself. She will decide for herself at the serpent's bidding. So she takes a bite and nothing happens. Or so it seems. But something really did happen. A double death did happen, but it has not yet been realized. But it happened. Now there's another lie of Satan. God knows that when you eat of it, Satan says, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. You will be like God, he tells them. Well, whose image and likeness were they already created in? They already are like God. And he says, you will be like God. Well, they already were. So that's a lie. He's a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. Now all humanity has original sin. And we have to talk about original sin tonight because by Genesis chapter six, God is ready to destroy the entire earth and everything in it because man has gotten so evil and every intent of his heart is evil. Now our grandson just got baptized on Saturday, this Saturday, and The Catechism 405 says, although it is proper to each individual, original sin does not have the character of a personal fault. So little Joseph Paul didn't do anything wrong, right? But he's one of Adam's descendants. So he still got saddled with original sin. Joey did nothing wrong. He had no personal fault original sin is a deprivation of original holiness and justice he's been de- deprived of that but human nature has not been totally corrupted it is wounded in its natural powers proper to it subject to ignorance suffering the dominion of death inclined to evil and inclination to evil that is called concupiscence so baptism by imparting the life of christ's grace Infusing that sanctifying grace into his soul, it erases original sin and turns man back towards God. And it's a happy day. The catechism goes on to say, but the consequences for nature weakened and inclined to evil persist in man and summon him to spiritual battle. So even though Joey's been saved and he's been born again, he's still subject to evil. He's weakened. He's inclined to evil. And and he's summoned to a spiritual battle. And he is battle ready now because he had the right of exorcism also. He's got his armor on, the armor of God in Ephesians 6. As Adam is standing there and the Lord God says in the day you eat of it, you shall die. Adam ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge. What died? Nothing. He didn't drop over dead that day. Gotcha. God. I knew it. I knew God lied. I knew God lied. He said that in the day you eat of it, you shall die. Man's physical body didn't die that day. He lived to be 930 years old. We're told tonight in Genesis five, five, Adam didn't die. So God lied. That's what Eve thought. Paul tells Titus in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, God cannot lie. It is not within God's nature to lie. In Hebrews, we hear that it is impossible for God to lie. Numbers tells us that God is not a man that he should lie. God did not lie. God cannot lie. It is not in God's nature to lie. Adam did die that day. Adam did die that day. God said to Adam, when you eat from it, you shall die. Die, die. In Hebrew, the double death. The physical corporeal body from that moment on created to be immortal was now mortal. Man is now in the process of decay and eventual death. All of us. Joey, from the minute he's born, he's in the process of decay now. We might get 70 years. We might get 80 if we're lucky. might get 90. But we're all decaying adam did not die a visible physical death but now his physical body will one day die adam did die die an invisible spiritual death as well he has a mortal wounding now on his eternal soul that threatens his eternal nearness to god he has a mortal wounding of his eternal soul that god breathed soul is mortally wounded but has the possibility for healing The spiritual soul can be healed. The corporeal body was created for immortality, never to die. Now it's mortal. It will die. His will die in 930 years. It is a double death. One, the only thing that will heal that mortal, wounded soul is Jesus. This, my friends, is the medicine of immortality to get you back, to get you a glorified body that's united back with your God-breathed soul for all eternity with the Lord. This is the medicine of immortality. This is Jesus. This is the true presence of Jesus Christ. It's the source and summit of our faith. The spiritual soul will have diminished grace, The physical body will one day surely die because we all have original sin we are now in a progressive state of decay in our bodies but it wasn't like that in the beginning in the beginning it was not so man in paradise was in original holiness he was in the state of original justice as well he enjoyed perfect harmony with god and then he enjoyed perfect harmony within himself And then when God pulled Eve from his side, man was in perfect harmony with woman. Remember when he said, at last, at last, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. They're in perfection of harmony. And then a fall from grace and everything changed. Now Adam will have to stand in judgment one day before God, his maker, as will all of us. We will all stand in judgment. Adam's physical body was meant to live forever, but now it's in a progressive state of decay and will eventually turn back to dust. Remember man, you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Man and woman were in perfect harmony before the fall, but after the fall, there was a fundamental change in the relationship between man and woman. Immediately, immediately, the woman who you gave me, God, she made me do it immediately there's marital discord and immediately during the curse immediately they were created equal but now man her desire will be for man but he will rule over her he will dominate her it won't be equal anymore everything has changed there's also a fundamental change in the relationship of man with nature nature itself is also in a progressive state of decay Man will not be in perfect harmony with nature as he once was. Now he's going to use nature for his own gain. And that is why we have climate change. And that is why we have global warming. Because we use nature for our own gain profit our own gain and paul was telling the romans about nature when he said for creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to futility not of its own will but by the will of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself will be set free from the bondage to decay and obtain in the glorious liberty of the children of god we know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now jesus is going to make a new creation a new heaven, a new earth. Behold, I make all things new again, he says in Revelation. But now we live in a fallen world where everything is in a state of decay. Fruits are in decay. Vegetables are in decay. Trees are in decay. Your teeth are in decay. Your eyes are in decay. Cataracts, Your back is in decay, your neck is in decay, your knees are in decay, your face is in decay, you're not supposed to get sick, you were never supposed to get sick, you were never supposed to have cancer, you were never supposed to have dementia, you were never supposed to have clogged arteries, you were never supposed to have diabetes, you were never supposed to have Alzheimer's! But now we do. Now everything in this fallen world is in a state of decay, So it's a progressive state. Man's body will decay. Nature around him will decay. Relationship with woman will decay. Relationship with God will decay. And the physical body will die. No one's getting out of here alive tonight, you might. But when Adam freely chose to eat the fruit, the grace of God was diminished from his soul, resulting in something way worse than physical death. And that's spiritual death. Separation from God for all eternity this life's a flash in the pan. The next life is forever. The spiritual life is more important. When you eat from it, you shall die, die. The serpent said to the woman, well, you will not die, singular, because the serpent beguiles. He tricks, he deceives. Eve eats the fruit. Eve doesn't drop over dead. God's not telling us everything, honey. He believes the liar, Satan, who was a liar from the beginning. There's no truth in him, and she falls for his crafty ways. Adam, in full freedom and full knowledge of God's command, also eats the fruit. They don't trust the original knowledge that God had gifted them with as a gift. Do not eat from that tree. They want to try experiential knowledge of their own choosing their own choice. They want to decide for themselves. They want to make their own choices. They're very pro choice. And what choices are, you can either move toward God or you can move away from God. Those are your two choices. Choosing to move closer to God by doing what God says, choosing to move further away from God by not doing what God says, because God said it all in the Bible. He gives us a blueprint for living. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. There's no sin you can tell me that's new. They're just different tricks of Satan. It's the same old lie, same old lie, packaged a new way for this generation, packaged a new way for this generation, packaged a new way for this generation. Let's see what we can do to this one. They are pro choice. They want to choose for themselves. God never wanted us to choose to know evil, but we wanted to choose to experience our own choices. God told them best. They wanted better. They wanted better than best. We can be our own gods right? I can run it my way. I can be the master of my own destiny. I can do what I want to do. And that's the lie of Satan. It's always been the lie of Satan. It's the exact same lie with just the newest choices and the newest generation. So now in our generation, we're getting confused at our very, very, very deepest identity, of who we are. You're a beloved son or a beloved daughter of God. Satan is a liar. He doesn't want you to know that. He really doesn't want you to know that. So now what he's telling this generation is you're not a man. You're not a woman that God created. You can choose. You can create yourself. You can be whatever you choose you want to be. You can create yourself. You can be your own God because what does God do? He creates. Well, you can do that. You're not stuck with that self your whole life. Are you kidding me? There's fluidity in who you are. Don't you know that people you can change, you can recreate yourself. Are you kidding me? And you can recreate yourself over and over and over and over again. Don't you people know that you stupid fools? Are you serious who bewitched you? You can be your own God. Your most intimate self is fluid. It's a lie because he's a liar. Male and female, God created them. And after the fall, our intellect was darkened. And you see people in the world today with a very darkened intellect for the ways of God. And our image was tarnished. And our will was weakened. And we fall for his hideous lies time and time and time and time again. Catechism 401, after that first sin, the world is virtually inundated by sin. There is Cain's murder and the brother Abel. Uh, Cain's murder of his brother Abel and the universal corruption, which follows in the wake of sin. There's a universal corruption that follows in the wake of sin. And even after Christ's atonement, Catechism 401, even after Christ's atonement, his perfect atonement, sin raises its head in countless ways among Christians. Did you know that? among us scripture in the church's tradition continually recalls the presence of the universality of sin in man's history what revelation makes known to us is confirmed by our own experience i'm a sinner yeah for when man looks into his own heart he finds that he is drawn towards what is wrong and sunk in many evils which cannot come from his good creator And upon refusing to acknowledge God as his source man has also upset the relationship which should link him to his last end. And at the same time he has broken the right order. We have broken the right order. We're out of order. We're out of whack. We have broken the right order that should reign within himself and as well as between himself and other men and all the creatures. The doctrine of original sin closely connected with that of the redemption of Christ provides lucid discernment of man's situation and activity in the world. By our first parents sin, the devil has acquired a certain domination over man. Even though man remains free, original sin, entails captivity under the power of him who thenceforth has the power of death. And that is the devil 407 catechism, ignorance of the fact that man has a wounded nature inclined to evil gives rise to serious errors in areas of education, politics, social action, and morals. Right now in our culture, we have serious errors in the areas of education, politics, social action, and morals, let's just take politics. Politics have turned toxic, have you noticed lately? A little bit. Last Thursday, while you were all here, the primetime 4.5 hour event in Los Angeles aired live on the eve of National Coming Out Day, featuring the largest ever audience for a Democratic presidential town hall devoted to LGBTQ plus issues. The town hall aired from 7.30 p.m. to midnight, featuring nine Democratic presidential candidates appearing back to back throughout the entire evening, 4.5 hours of prime airtime with presidential candidates answering questions on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer issues. This is what our country wants to talk about. Not taxes, not feeding the poor, not, you know. All sorts of issues were discussed that night, LGBTQ+, including a question from a nine-year-old transgender boy put right into the national spotlight. The lobby is very active. They have colors and symbols and signs. They are happy to mentor your child. Uh, they have manuals for coming out, a handbook for LGBTQ plus young people. They will help you decide what you are, what your pronouns should be. Are you gray gender, androgynous gender? Are you gender apathetic? Are you two-spirited, trans-masculine, gender-neutral, asexual? I mean, just, just read the list of what you can be classified as. It's the same old lie! New ardor, new method, same old lie of Satan. Attacking innocent people are getting beguiled and their families are getting hurt. They're getting beguiled. They're telling them you can create your own identity. No one else can say who you are. You are the master of your own self. You can be your own God. You have fluidity. Everything can change. You can be your own God. Then you can recreate time and time and time and time again throughout your entire life. It's a lie. And smart people have really darkened intellects and they're sitting there going like it's so great. And it's not great. And this teaching goes beyond gender binary in university classrooms all over the country. Princeton University, Uh, the professors, this is right off their website, the professors are to ask the students to share their pronouns in the first day introduction of class along with their names, share all their pronouns. Let's all share names and the pronouns that we want to use. She, he, hers, they, them, theirs, he, his, and your name. And make sure to address each other correctly throughout the entire class. If you don't want to share your pronouns, that's fine, but consider your pronouns in all your email correspondences. If you're reading non-binary or trans authors in class, research their pronouns and make sure that you use their genders correctly. This is Princeton's logo. It's a shield with an open Bible on it. It says vetnov testituum. It means the old and New Testaments and there's a Chevron that represents the rafters to a building and you see the the, the banner underneath it. That is optional now. You don't have they, they have new logos with that off. and that used to read under God's power she the university flourishes. And now they've removed that banner. Growing numbers of universities are embracing gender-neutral pronouns, Z here's theirs. University of Colorado at Colorado Springs has theirs right on their website front and center. Please note these are not the only pronouns. There are an infinite number of pronouns as new ones emerge into our language. So we once thought God was the only infinite thing. Now there are infinite pronouns. In California, 233,000 students enrolled in 10 campuses statewide are asked the question on their application, how do you describe yourself? You can choose one thing. And the choices are from these six, male, female, trans, male, trans, man, trans, female, trans, woman, gender, queer, gender nonconforming, and different identity. And then they ask, what did it say? What were you assigned on your original birth certificate? That's a binary choice. That's way back in the olden days, folks, when it was a binary choice what gender you are, male or female, in the late, Uh, 216, transgender activist Jamie Shuppie became the first person to receive legal recognition of a non-binary gender in the United States based on an Oregon state court ruling. In Canada, just this June, they made non-binary people a special gender marker of X. You can put that on all your forms. Increasing number of colleges have sexual orientation questions on their application. At least 197 universities have gender-neutral housing policies letting students share a dorm room with a member of the same gender, opposite gender, or someone whose gender they may not yet be able to ascertain. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but it's so not funny. Facebook has 50 pronouns. You can choose to specify pangender, bigender, androgynous, agender, cisgender, question, uh, gender questioning, or you can custom a gender if those 50 don't satisfy you. Okay, also elementary schools and high schools. Teachers around the U.S. are being Asked to call children by their preferred pronouns, which are fluid so they can constantly be changing and in flux. So the teacher has to remember what pronoun each kid is and then his changed last week and then I got to call him that or I'm going to get a lawsuit on my head. Uh, they are not immune to this. By using preferred pronouns, some teachers feel a moral conviction that they're lying to a small child about who they are, and they don't want to do it. It goes against their religious conscience. A Virginia teacher is is just fired recently, Peter Flaming, because he refused to use the trans student's preferred pronouns. He was using the student's name that they wanted to be called, but... He didn't his religious convictions, he didn't want to lie to the kids, so he didn't use pronouns. The teacher was terminated. Now the teacher's in a lawsuit, suing the school district, suing the school district. So you see the problems. Original sin entails captivity under the power of him who thenceforth had the power of death. That is the devil. Ignorance of the fact that a man has a wounded nature, inclined to evil, gives rise to serious errors in the areas of education, check, politics, check social action check and morality check we are definitely seeing serious errors in our modern world back to genesis banished from the true presence of god they were they cling to one another like never before in a one flesh way they reflect the image of the trinity they're blessed with life with the help of the lord have gotten a man says eve and even though she was cursed with pain and child rearing she doesn't even mention it in the scripture her desire is still for her husband and that marital embrace is very good and produces another person a third person life and images the triune god again she bears another brother abel you remember god preferred abel's sacrifice god preferred the second son. I want you to watch for that throughout all of Genesis. God preferred the second Adam, the perfect sacrifice. He's the second Adam. There's the first Abel. There's the second Abel. Both of them have innocent blood that's crying out to God from the cursed ground. The first Abel, the second Abel, Jesus Christ. It's a typology. And the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam and the second Adam. The perfect blood of Jesus pays the price for all humanity when he has blood and curses the cursed ground and sets Adam and all humanity free. So just be aware. Watch when there's two sons, watch how the second son will often get the blessing over the first son. So Cain's very angry that God didn't like his and his countenance fell. And we each have to master sin. This is what the Lord told him that sin was crouching in his door, but he had to master it. We all have an indwelling Holy Spirit that helps us live by the Spirit and not the flesh, but still That catechism quote said Christian sin and all humanity since the fall sin has been crouching at our door ready to desire. Its desire is for us. Sin's desire is for each and every one of us but we have to master it. And so that's what Cain was asked to do by the Lord to master his sin but already by Genesis 6 God is ready to obliterate the entire humanity because evil and sin have taken over the entire world. He wants to destroy it. That was part one of the book of Genesis, chapters five through seven, on Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To learn more about Seeking Truth Bible studies, visit seekingtruth.net. Tune in next time for more Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.